Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for joining us for the most recent episode of Half Street High Heat. We always appreciate you listening. I am your host, Amanda White. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined, as always, by Nick and Ryan. You can get them on Twitter at DC Natchak, and you can follow the pod at Half Street High Heat. And, of course, you can follow the DMV Sports Network, for whom we're doing this podcast, at DMV underscore SN. Um. We are doing this for them. You can also find them online at dmvsportsnetwork.com. You can always get daily content there on all professional and college sports that are local. Um, Also, please subscribe, leave reviews, feedback. We really appreciate it. All right, so let's get into it. We are going to start this week. How are you guys? Oh, I'm phenomenal as always. Feel lucky. Happy (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Yes, did you all eat corned beef and cabbage for dinner? Uh, that's what I eat every night. So <laughs> it's my breakfast. Con- yeah, I continued with what I was doing, and it's worked so well so far. So we actually did have corned beef and cabbage for dinner, but I don't like corned beef or cabbage, so I ate ramen. So there we go. <laughs> corned beef and cabbage ramen. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a Japanese um, St. Patrick's Day for me. Nice. All right, so we are going to start off this uh, this pod with our season award <clears throat> prediction. So we're going to go um, starting with our top five most important nationals of all time, which, as we talked about a little bit before we started, is kind of hard because they haven't been around very long and they haven't won anything. So, <laughs> but well, let's start with you, Nick. What did you come up with? Um, so <clears throat> do we want to do like we all do our number five, number four? Yeah, anything? that sounds good. Let's okay, do that cool. One. So my number five, while his tenure with the Nats didn't finish how I'm sure he wanted it to. I'm going to go with Ian Desmond. Um, Oh, that's a good one. So I think 
for a while there, there was always the talk of Ian Desmond is the last link to the Expos franchise just because he was a prospect for them. And then obviously they, they made the move. Um, but for a while there, he was kind of like he was the prospect. Um, he was uh, the the guy a lot of fans were excited for along with Zim. Um, and obviously things haven't gone too well for him. I mean, he got paid. You can't really like blame him or like be too upset with, with that if you're Ian Desmond, but, um, but no, career wise, yeah, yeah. Uh, career wise, he wasn't exactly where he wanted to be, but that's fine. Um, but I, the biggest thing is that he turned down our extension to him. That would hallelujah. Yeah. That would have like really it was hindered a qualifying us. offer, right? I mean, well, no, he, a... he turned down that too, but, uh, I, it was like the, but the year he was going into free agency, the off season before that, we offered him like it was like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. So yeah, that's just, gonna haunt him forever. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of glad we we didn't do that or he didn't accept that. So yeah, yeah. he kind of hit free agency in that first year where it wasn't. You know, it was before everybody realized the way free agency was going. And I remember when he didn't get signed, it didn't get signed. And then finally took like a $5 million deal. Was it with the Rangers or the, yeah, it was with the Rangers. And then, but I think that reason is people knew he wasn't a good shortstop. Like he hasn't played shortstop since he hasn't been good. Yeah. (laughs) He hasn't played shortstop since the Nats. He had so many errors. Yeah. And like, it's true. Wasn't that that one, that one month where he had like seven errors? Oh, it was insane. Yeah, so I think that kind of that was the it. that was the month where I'm not proud to say I was like, please bench Desmond and play Danny Espinosa. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> you know it's bad when you're clamoring for Espinosa. So. <laughs> he just Our, he signed a minor league deal with the Phillies or like the Mets. Mets. I think yeah. he's with the Mets. Yeah. yeah, I think he was actually in a in a game for the Mets um, oh, spring training game the other day. Calling it now, he hits a walk up against us. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I can yeah, because Tyler Moore got us last year. Ian Desmond's getting us mm-hmm. this year. I can see it. All right, okay. Ryan, who you got for number five? So number five for me is the dude whose name will always be with this franchise. He'll always be etched into our history forever. And that man is Drew Storm. <laughs> Are you joking <laughs> right now? Important. Dead, dead serious. Important. You never said good or anything, but Drew Storm is attached to this franchise. Whenever this team gets infamous, close maybe? to October – Boom. You cannot think about the Washington Nationals without Drew Storen. And for that, I'm putting him at number five. The dude who blew every single game that was big ever. And the guy who somehow got a standing ovation when he came back to Nats Park. I was at that game and I did not applaud. I can tell you that the 2012 NLD. NLDS, the NLDS, the game five where he gave up that. I was in my living room and I am not proud to say I wept at the end of that game. <laughs> I was so upset when that game was over. I will never forgive Drew Storen for that. Even all those years later, I was like, no, he's not, I'm not clapping for that guy. All right. Well, I've got mine and you guys are going to love it is Jason Worth. I know you guys are Worth haters, but to say that he's not important, I think is just not true. Yeah, it is true. It's on brand with that role. And the, you know, the time that they, you know, that game four walk off home run. I mean, that was absolutely nothing because they lost the series, but it extended the series. And that was, he's also lost us like three other series. I totally hear you. (laughs) If Drew Storen can be on the list, Jason Worth can be on the list. Okay. All right. Well, you're not, 
it's not for the right reasons. So, well, I don't think you can either. Is Storin? No, it's Storin. Ryan, Ryan put it perfectly. Storin will forever be attached to one of the biggest collapses in playoff yes, history. For but Worth will also always be associated with this team. And God, I hope not. It, he will. He was the first <laughs> big free agent signing that they made, and he did have. He was not really a big free agent signing. It was mediocre. Well, I mean, what's big money or is big I, I performance? Saying. Do you know what I'm saying? To say I, I'm, he I'm not budging at all. That's how this is going. At least he's number five. Yeah, he's my number five. So who's number four, Nick? Um, so I am going to go with the true reason the Nats shifted into being competitive, and that was Steven Strasburg. June eighth, two thousand ten. Yep, he was the first of strikeouts. Yeah, it's the first of obviously back to back number one overall picks. Both of them thankfully hit for the Nats, um, but really Strauss was the one that drew people to the ballpark. That really, he was the the ace that they wanted to build around, um, which they have, and obviously we have Max now. So right, I was going to say, I'm surprised ace. Strauss is this low on your list, actually. Um. Yeah, because there's more important people, in my opinion. But um, no, I think Strauss played a, a big role in kind of shifting the the direction of the franchise. Obviously, we had to hit rock bottom with the number one pick for us to have something to build on. But uh, no, Strauss was the reason, not Jason Worth, that we shifted culture. So, gotcha. All right, who you got, Ryan? Um. Nick t- talked about him, but I got Desmond at four. He was the Rockets shortstop for the longest time before he just hit a wall and realized he can't play baseball anymore. <laughs> and he handed the torch off to a true king and Trey. So, but <laughs> just how long he was here and who was solid for a while, I got him at number four. Technically, he handed off to a truer king and Danny Espinosa. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, hot, hot takes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> around here all right my number four is zimmerman while i thought about putting him higher I just wow had only four only four because it's not what i expected no i and i you know i love zimmerman i feel like the last few years have been tough ever since really he had the shoulder issues and, and had to switch off third base i felt like he's not the guy he yeah. used to be yeah ever since he started sucking he just has, hasn't been the guy he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yes I was trying to be more diplomatic, but diplomacy is not your uh, watchword. Anyway, oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah, the D and DC Nashak doesn't stand for diplomacy, so. No, it sure doesn't. It sure doesn't. I could come up with a couple, but that wouldn't be one of them. Dude. Anyway, um, no, Zim has been, you know, he was the, he's obviously been the face of the franchise. He was their first draft pick, and he was, for a long time, the only reason that there, it was worth it to watch any Nats games because he was the only good player they had. And uh, if it weren't for the fact that there are other players who I think have had a bigger, a bigger impact on the team, it, then he would have been higher on my list. But, you know, Zim has to be in your top five, any list of most important Nats. Um, yeah, so that's a perfect transition to my number three, which is also Zim. Um, I was going to put Strauss ahead of him, but – the one reason I didn't have, uh, excuse me, didn't have Zim hired was because of injuries. And if you think of Strauss, it's kind of hypocritical to knock Zim for injuries, but not not knock Strauss for uh, for injuries. But yeah, I think you put it well. He was the only reason we had hope for a while. Um, I remember being, I believe it was 2007 or 2008. He hit a walk off home run on Father's Day against the Yankees. 
Um, I was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was a, me that too. was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, so that was obviously a, a huge moment in history um, for the Nats. And obviously, he's kind of been um, the captain for several years. And obviously, he's not as my mind um but zim as a figurehead still means a lot to the nats even though he's not providing on the field anymore yeah Hmm. agreed what about you ryan uh my number three i got strauss um although he has battled injuries throughout most of his career um his start was the first time that people actually paid attention to the nationals you know that was that was on espn there was a huge story when he was making his debut and that's when everyone was like huh the Nationals are a baseball team, and that was the yep. start of the change yeah. for the franchise. They're a baseball team that plays baseball in Washington. That's a, yeah. that's yep. a thing that's happening. Yeah, Cause like, I've got yeah. Strauss three too. Um, oh, you know he's. I I put him ahead of Zimmerman. That was hard for me. I was kind of debating which which way to go with those. But Strauss, I think, still has the potential to be massive for the Nats, and I don't really think Zimmerman does. I think as much as it sucks for Zim that his career will come to an end without the Nats having – Without him having led the Nats to anything. I mean, he may, hopefully they're going to win a World Series in the next couple of years. But I don't think that he's going to be the one who leads them there. Do you know what I mean? He he may be there, but he won't be the, he won't be the one that led them there. And I think if it had happened five years ago, he would have been the one that was the leader. (laughs) Yeah. No, I can see that. I see your point. Okay. Who do you got? Number two. All right. Number two. (sighs) The man. The man, the man, the man, Bryce Harper. I'm just glad you didn't put him one because I was like, if you put him ahead of Max, I am going to be pissed. Uh, wait, <laughs> well, who, Max is in my top yeah, five. Yeah, so who said it. Max is even on the list? Really? Me, all right, that's um, crazy talk. But all right. Uh, so, just the, the guy who broke my heart. <laughs> just, I mean, he obviously he was huge to the franchise. There's no debating that. I mean, people feel this kind of way because he meant so much to the franchise. They didn't care when any of our other free agents left. It, they didn't care when Jordan Zimmerman left. It was like, oh, Jordan's gone. Oh, well. Um, like, this one this one hurts. And obviously because he meant so much. I, I think it's self-explanatory. I mean, big postseason home runs, bigger than worse. Don't at me. Um, obviously the home run derby is just electric. Um, just so many moments in in the Nats' young history that Bryce has provided, and it's going to suck seeing him play in a different shade of red. Yeah, agreed. What you got, Ryan? Uh, I got Zim number two. Uh, I'm kind of talked about, but Mister National. I thought I'd been too cheesy to put him number one, so that's why he's at number two. But <laughs> Mister National. So that has to mean Harper is your number one. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I can't go Zim, too. It's too cheesy. Oh, okay. Well, I have uh, Harper number two. And you're, okay. Yeah, um, you know, Harper's just, like you said, he's massive. I mean, he was the, the yeah. biggest name it, that the franchise ever had. He put butts in the seats. He was the most recognizable national. He was the one that got the most attention. The Home Run Derby last year was maybe one Insane. of the – for a, for a franchise that's never won even a playoff series, that was probably the coolest moment. That was moment. Our playoff series. <laughs> that was the coolest <laughs> moment in national history so far, which is damn sad. Yeah, we won the World Series that day. 
Yeah, exactly. It was our World Series, damn it. Yeah, we, anyway, we won something. So. But I have to say, I saw a thing today that he's partnering with some someone to open what he called a bro lawn, which is apparently a salon for men in Philadelphia, and that made it easier for me to take him leaving. When I was there, so. <laughs> that, that sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'm moving to Philly. So let's, <laughs> yeah, why, why didn't he do that here, man? I don't know. I guess he just didn't love us as much uh, as he loves them. I don't know. All right, well, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> accept okay. it nick accept it <laughs> all right <clears throat> so my number one uh just clear obvious choice here there's really no debating it. all the su- success he's had as a as a nat and that is jesus flores um <laughs> now it's obviously max scherzer he's the true big free agent signing um he's the 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 constant the steady the excitement, he's everything uh, you want Nationals baseball to be. Um, yeah, there, there's it's the obvious choice. Yes, agreed. Yep, not much to say. Not much else to say. Uh, it's Max. Yeah. What do you need to say about it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's Mad Max. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have him on it just because he. I can't believe he didn't there. even make your top five. I I didn't even, I didn't even think about it, like you think Ian Desmond is more important national. Than you Max you think Drew Storm's more important? Than Max. <laughs> hey, I thought Drew Storm was funny. All right, f you guys. Um, right. I got I got Bryce number one. Love him or hate him, um, this team would be a lot different and different for the worse if he was never a national. Yep, I don't hate. And it. he's the reason why. They have a national fan base, and the reason why kids in D.C. care about the Nats. So for that, I got him number one. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, I see the point. I just don't agree. I think it's Max. I mean, Harper for all Yeah, well, I see the point. Don't agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. No, I, uh, you know, Harper had the one MVP year, and it was amazing, and it was super fun to watch. But, you know, you can't really – the team never really had any – great success and he never really repeated that performance I mean people if you look at his numbers overall he's an excellent baseball player but I would say he never really lived up to people's lofty expectations after that MVP year and uh, you know Max has had two back-to-back Cy Youngs and then arguably should have won it or but came in second last year and I think he's probably the favorite to win it again this year I mean he's consistent he's he's absolutely everything you want your ace on your staff to be so I think when he'll be the, I think he'll be the first one in the Hall of Fame wearing a Nationals hat. Yeah, that's probably true. Whew. Yeah. I, so he's my. I number. was thinking about that today, actually. That uh, Max, if I mean, he's definitely on track to go in, obviously. But and as we established wouldn't. last week, he's already done enough to get into the Hall of Fame. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, so Max is my number six because I forgot about him when I was thinking of this. So, no, you, you got to go one A. <laughs> I know number six. You can't put him behind your store. I think I got my number nine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, okay, let's move on to our next segment here. No, Henry Rodriguez, Ryan. <laughs> oh my, it's getting bad in here. Tyler Clippard. I don't know. I don't know. No one licked their hand as much as Tyler Clippard. He wins that award. <laughs> Levon Hernandez. John, John Lannon. Anyone? Oh, Soriano, who used to just – I used to just cringe every time he came out to close a game. I, I think John Lannon deserves some, some love. So He's great on Twitter. I'll give him some love. He's fantastic on Twitter. He's super I didn't funny. know he knew how to use Twitter, but okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about our favorite Nat, Michael A. Taylor, who got injured this week. Great teammate. 
God, yeah, he he really knows how to put the team first and just and just and get like, injured so get, that Robles can't go down to the minors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah. knew it was the wrong move, so he decided to take one for the team. And uh, for yeah, evidently he's got a sprained knee and hip. And while he is not always our very favorite player, of course we don't wish him any ill. I hope he feels oh, better. I love him now. Soon. Oh God. <laughs> oh my. Anyway, given his injury and that he is going to miss what uh, Davey Martinez called, quote, a significant amount of time, um, what are our final roster predictions? I mean, obviously, this opens up the center field spot for Robles. Um, so, yeah, Robles is now a lock to make the roster. Yep. Um, there's a lot of talk of the Nats going out and signing another outfielder, but I really don't think that's necessary. I no? mean, no, I mean Andrew Stevenson. Like he's not good, but he's like he's fine enough. I mean he's and, serviceable as a fourth yeah. outfielder. And Michael Taylor, he'll be back late April, early May, maybe mid May, and like that's just a month into the season. I don't see the point going out and signing an outfielder who you're probably going to demote the AAA anyways when Michael Taylor comes back. So I mean, I I think Stevenson's just fine enough. Just throw him out there, play him about once a week, once every other week, honestly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You don't think they should go out and get somebody? Like, Denard Spann's available. I keep hearing people talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't see the point. Because then when Michael Taylor comes back, what if Denard Spann's playing well? Then what do you do? I know. I, would hate, I know you would hate to not see Michael A. Taylor get that fourth spot. <laughs> so I would say if you sign a guy for dirt cheap, I, I would go out and get somebody. I think they do have an outfield depth problem. I think Kendrick is there was already their like emergency. He can play out in the outfield in a pinch, and he's hurt too. So I think they mm-hmm. need to get another outfielder on the roster while Taylor's on the on the DL. And, and when he comes back, if if Span or whoever they sign is playing well in his opportunities, then you know. That's just fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I I would have said, like, if they could have gotten someone, I would have wanted Carlos Gonzalez, but he actually just signed with the Indians yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. So, I mean, that the only one who's really available who I would really want would be Span, um, just because he can play center field, and you just you want to be careful with Robles if anything happens, God forbid, um, because we don't really have anyone else on the roster who can play center field. Right. Uh, like Eaton could, but you don't really you don't know how his knee is going to hold up and whatnot. So um, that I, I would want Span, and if it's not Span, then let's just roll with Stevenson. Got it. All right. What about Craig Kimbrell? Nobody <clears throat> signed Craig Kimbrell. There's been so much I talk online about. I figured it out. Oh, let's hear. <laughs> wisdom, wisdom from Ryan. We're about to get here. Is this the theory you tweeted too? Yes. Okay. The reason why he hasn't signed yet is because Craig Kimbrell as a Using all of his time and attention to St. Patrick's Day, the day where gingers are universally loved. So now that's over, he can finally focus on baseball and sign with the team. Yeah, and he's going to get the contract he wants because it's like Ginger Appreciation Day for <laughs> for St. Patrick's Day. So they're going to realize his value and give him what he wants. I feel like I spoke too soon with the wisdom from Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, actually, no. Well, I, I I could be serious now. Um, I saw a can very you? I saw a very interesting article from Rosenthal about. There's word our in our king, our lord and savior, but <laughs> there's belief in this camp that uh, Kimbrell may wait until like mid June to sign, and so like it sounds crazy, but it does sound crazy. Teams don't lose the draft pick for signing him after that point, and he's going to be more fresh for the playoffs. So like instead of giving up a prospect to uh, try to reinforce your bullpen, 
hey, let's just go sign Craig Kimbrell, who hasn't thrown all year, put him in the minor leagues for a little bit, get him ready, call him up, and the dude's going to be fresh as anything for the playoffs. I guess so, but there's a reason why they have spring training. Yeah, I mean, but at, well, this, I mean, at this at point, the, yeah, he's pretty much. <laughs> but if you're, you know, the, the games in June count as much as the games in August. You know, I, I don't know that you want a guy who hasn't thrown in a year. Well, you can, yeah, I mean, you can still put him, uh, he's definitely still working out. He's, his arm's still in shape. Yes, he hasn't faced live batting, but the, like Ryan said, you can put him in the minor leagues for however long you feel like you need him. But, I mean, it, it, it's crazy, but when you get to mid-March and you haven't signed, it's not so crazy. Because, I guess so. It still like, seems bat-ass crazy to me right. for him to hold out that long. Yeah, I just like, don't get yeah. what he's trying to accomplish. Well, I mean, like he, Ryan hasn't, said, he hasn't even gotten any offers, so that's a thing. I right? doubt he that. I bet he hasn't gotten any offers he likes. But Same thing with not Keichel. Not like a true offer. Fair. Well, yeah, Keichel's another one. But like, Keichel's gotten offers from the Astros, but... Well, he's got, it's I bet been you like a one or two year deal. Offers from yeah. all kinds of teams. They just don't like them. What they, I still think well, a lot of players, especially, I guess so, but a lot of the players, like the market is what the market is. Are you going to miss mm-hmm. a season or part of a season because you're not getting what you want? At this point, take some money, sign a one year deal, and go pitch somewhere and then try again next year. Like it just but, seems I insane mean, to it's me. It's desperate hours but right now. That, that's the same th- argument we had for arbitration. Like you didn't like the arbitration thing because what if you got hurt? Blah, 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 blah. So that's why you were in favor of sign- them signing extensions. It's it's the same logic here. Like they don't want to take a one year deal, get hurt, and then they have to. Well, then they could have taken the longer deals they were offered earlier. They weren't offered. Keiko's only getting one or two years. Keiko got an offer uh, for I think six years and ninety million dollars two years ago from the Astros. At that point, it was an undersell. He won a Cy Young. Understood. I'm just saying, like you you turned down ninety million dollars. Well, it's just everyone dreams of hitting free agency. So as soon as you get money, you're like. Hell no, I'm not going to take that one hit free agency. Yeah. And then they have a couple bad seasons, and now they're sitting here like, well, I'd say opening free days in the week, I'm screwed. not be all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, aside from Har- Harper, Machado, and Corbin, no one's really gotten paid anything. I mean, it took like, Machado and Harper forever to get what they yeah. wanted. And yeah, but Col- they were always going to get paid. They're kind of yeah. above and outside of right. whatever the rest of the free mm-hmm. agent market's doing. Yeah, you know? but it, yeah, it's. But you would think a guy crazy. like Kimbrel would be in that category. Like you would think. You would think no. yeah, yeah, you would absolutely think, which is just crazy to me that like he hasn't signed even like, like if he wanted six years, a hundred million. It's crazy to me he didn't get like three years, fifty million. Right, or four years with an option after three. Or yeah, something, exactly. You know? Something like yeah, that's still on pace. For it's just it's crazy. We're we're in a time where relievers are more important than ever. And statistically, the best reliever of all time through age 30 can't get, can't get a deal he likes. Yeah, and speaking of the, the – I feel like the Nats bullpen is already in midseason form with great starting pitching and then the bullpen <laughs> completely collapsing at the end of every game. It's, I don't know if you've paid attention to any of the spring training games yeah, this week. Yeah, Rose, Rosenthal can throw 102, but and when he's like walk and give up hits. like Right, but just... Doolittle yesterday had like an epic five-run collapse. It was just heinous. It was... Drew, Drew Storen form, baby. That's the most important that ever. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Doolittle's like putting on his best audition for them. Like he's pushing them to sign Kimbrel. He's like, hey, I'm not doing so well. You Did you see sign that Kimbrel. he went up to the report that he went up to? To Dave. Incredible. Right. I love yeah. Doolittle. Oh, I'm 100% like, getting I'm his jersey now. One. Yeah, that was yeah, an awesome like, story. He answered, like, just such a great teammate. Yeah, he answered the question, whose jersey am I getting? 
yet. It's yeah. too little now. And for those of you listening who don't know the story, um, when the rumors started to circulate that the Nats might be interested in Kimbrel, the story is that Doolittle went up to Martinez and basically said, like, I, I, there's an empty locker next to mine and I'll be the first guy to welcome him. Like, he's not going to be upset if he gets, you know, quote unquote, demoted to set up guy. I, I think they could, you know, to have two elite closers that you can basically play matchups. Like who do I want yep. to set up today? And who do I want to close? It would be incredible, but yep. the Nats are insane. What and won't dream. sign Krimble Kimbrell. So yeah, there you go. All right. Final roster predictions. All right. So I actually wrote this down earlier. So I'm yeah, going to rattle it off real quick. You got it. Um, so starting at, we got Zim Adams, Dozier, Defoe, Kendrick, Trey, Rendon, Soto, Stevenson, because Michael Taylor's hurt. Robles, Eaton, Suzuki, Gomes. Then we move the pitchers. We got Max, Strauss, Corbin, Sanchez, Helly. Bullpen, I got Ross making it. Bearclaw, Rosenthal, Sip, Grace, Doolittle. And then rounding out the last spot, I got Wander Suero. That's honestly exactly the, the roster I had. <laughs> <laughs> we are so connected. Oh, my. <laughs> Amanda, you have any? Uh, yeah, dissent? actually, mine. No, mine is exactly the same. Rare agreement amongst all wow. three of us. Look wow! Wow! Shoot! Hold on, let me change it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know most of these. I'd say ninety percent of them are, are no brainers. Yeah. Most of the most of the roster set, but the only the only questions w- were really center field, and that's been answered with Taylor's. Uh, well, injury. It, on my roster, I traded Soto, Robles, and Keyboom for Mike Trout. So that, that's who I have. <laughs> yeah, in mind. I saw that insane <laughs> poll you sent out this week. It was a hypothetical, and people yeah. got so angry. Oh my god! Well, it was just it. Yeah, I would be a no on that. And then you insulted all of fine. us. You were like, "That's crazy." <laughs> well, I mean, we have a brand to uphold. <laughs> It's a good point. So, yeah, and the only other uh, question to me was about relievers, and I had the same seven that you did, yeah. I think. You know, Suero yeah, Sip, was that last kind of Yeah, I think one, he gets I it. Yeah. Sip uh, answered a lot of the bullpen, like, wh- what direction they were going. And, uh, again, uh, so, releasing Solis answered that question, too. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Solis got released this week, which is pretty, mm-hmm. which is pretty surprising, but – Welcome. I mean, I don't wish any ill on anyone. But, you know, I'm sorry, guy lost his job. I hope he lands somewhere. But I'm happy he's not on the Nats roster anymore. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's move on and talk yes. about. Well, before we move on to the next segment, <laughs> let me go ahead. Well, you caught yourself my... this time. I know. That. I'm terrible <laughs> at remembering this. Um, I just want to remind all of our listeners that this podcast is part of the DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Um, there are lots of shows. We have them about all the different um, local sports, Caps, Wizards, Redskins, of course, this one about the Nats. There's also two mixed bag shows. It's About Time DC and the Dom and Thunder Show. You can get these wherever you find your podcast. So please do check those out and like, subscribe, leave reviews. We really appreciate it. So um, let's talk a little bit in our FYI segment for this week about the rule changes. These became official this week. Yep. Yes. So there's five new rule changes. Um, some of them are going to be coming in this year. Most of them are going to be coming in 2020. So the MLB and MLBPA agreed on uh, eliminating the August 31st waiver trade deadline, only having one deadline at July 31st, instituting a three-batter minimum for relievers unless the end of the inning or an injury, shorter inning breaks, um, 
for a home run derby, they raised the prize to $1 million to get bigger names. And then an MLB All-Star Election Day to help the fans pick the starters and get voting up. Um, so I think it should be a pretty good conversation. We'll start with the uh, one trade deadline. I think this is great. I think yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And yeah. For the, the casual fan that they're trying to draw in, it just mm-hmm. makes more sense than having to explain what a waiver deadline is. Oh, yeah. So, I love this one. This is one yeah. that I totally I mean, It makes support. a lot of sense. The mm-hmm. drama is going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Teams have to decide on July 31st. Are we giving up or are we not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that is really at what all trade deadlines are in sports. But I think baseball more than any is like you are making a decision on that day. Are we going mm-hmm. to try to make the playoffs or are we sellers at the deadline? Yeah. And like, I think one deadline is going to be a lot more drama and it's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Like, look what the Nats did last year. They kind of like sort of bought before the deadline, but then they sold off during the waiver deadline. Yeah. And so, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it a lot. It's going to make like teams, they can't be wishy-washy. They have to make a decision by deadline. Yeah. And I'm I'm generally the Luddite among us who hates all changes, but I actually like this. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a good segue into the next one. Yeah. I'm surprised the three batter minimum got implemented. I thought this was going to be like just. I read somewhere that they were just going to do this in the minors this year to work out the kinks and that this is not going to be in the majors for this season. It'll still be 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all in favor of this, honestly. Um, People are going to freak out about it, but this is going to be one of those rules that people will forget about is a rule in three years. This whole like relievers coming in and facing one batter thing started about five years ago. Before that, guys came in and finished the entire inning. And people are like, oh, what if a guy gets lit up? What's going to happen in less than three batters? It takes three batters to realize if a guy has it or doesn't anyway. Home run, home run, home run. That would do it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's, that that's just incredible. <laughs> or walk, exactly. walk, walk. <laughs> well, exactly. You wouldn't take him out until that third batter anyways. Like People are going to forget this is a rule, and it's going to go back to like baseball before when baseball was great. People are actually going to have to develop more well-rounded relievers and more well-rounded pitchers in general. God, what a blessing for the Nats having them force them to de- develop good pitching oh. well yeah i don't know i'm ambivalent about this one i don't love it and mm-hmm. i i can see the argument in favor of it it is sort of annoying but i think if people hate a lot of people talk about this in terms of pace of play like oh these pitching changes take forever and it's so boring Ooh, because you bring one guy in and but to me if you if you eliminate all of the breaks if you just had commercials at the you know in between innings and you didn't do it for every pitching change then you would make this a lot less onerous to watch for mm-hmm. the viewers and i do kind of appreciate the the specialists especially like this guy is so hard we've got this one pitcher we keep on here and this is his job and it's this high drama of can this guy who's whose one job is to get this this guy out can he do it i like that so to me if you need to make it less boring and less annoying to watch then stop going to commercial every time you change pitchers yeah it's fair Um, there's two points i wanted to pick on um so the lefty specialist like you mentioned like you love that is actually there's been uh studies done or not studies like fan graphs post an article about how that's dying about how teams aren't using that as much as they used to. The loogie. Yeah. So basically, like, teams aren't really Fun to say and fun to watch. (laughs) And, like, it's just the rate of appearances is down to 0.25% of relievers compared to two years ago, it was almost one. So, like, teams aren't really using it anymore. And then you talked about, like, the boringness of the one pitcher coming out. Um, 
<clears throat> MLB.com talked about this one game that actually is the reason why, well, not the reason, but one of the reasons why this rule came into effect. It was in July, um, and there's four pitchers for four batters. It took 17 minutes. Ten minutes of that was commercials. Two minutes of that was waiting for the relievers to finish the warm-ups. A minute and a half of that was the coach walking to the mouth. Yeah, so you could <laughs> you could get rid of so much of that. That's my point. Is yeah. to me, I would say well, if you want to bring in a reliever, <laughs> if you want to bring in a reliever, then warm them up in the bullpen. You don't get to come out and do all these warm-up tosses. Like get hot in the bullpen, be ready to go. The manager doesn't that. need to walk out every single damn time. Yeah. I mean, come get your starter. That's fine, but you don't need to come out every – like if the guy went in there to get one batter out, you don't need to walk back out there to get the ball from him. Yeah, I, mean, like, I get it for like like the catcher wants to see a few pitches from his pitcher to like get that. But, yeah, I agree. Like they could definitely shorten yeah, up. Yeah, like, like three. You should, yeah, you you should, I mean? yeah, exactly. You should be able – you should be warm in the bullpen and mm-hmm. then you'd be able to go right out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but the commercials are the problem. And I actually yeah, well, get so irritated with all of these of commercials. <laughs> yeah, all of these tweaks for pace of play is so irritating. And I hate all of these rule changes. Like, just shorten up all the commercials. And this well, is you're in luck. perfect segue into our next. <laughs> yes. So the two, two, two and a half minute inning break, way too long, um, is now down to two minutes. That's it's going a to good be start, but they need to eliminate an the, extra minute every. Inning. Yeah, they need to yeah. eliminate the commercials for the pitching changes, and they won't do it because they're mm-hmm. making so much money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they can that's what it like, comes down to. They can do what golf does or, like, even NASCAR. Just have the commercials and split screen. And, like, they're still going to get all the revenue. So you got the game going on one half and then the commercial going on the right side. Yeah, it's pretty right, funny. That's a that, great idea. Yeah, it's pretty funny that baseball needs to take a note from golf and NASCAR. <laughs> hey, say what you want, but networks love having golf. That thing does not. Oh, I, I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's pretty funny. Like, that's all I'm saying. I would rather shove ice picks under all my toenails than watch golf on television. Yeah, well, that's your opinion, and I hate you. So, (laughs) Tiger's back. (laughs) Anyway, I think that all of this pace of play stuff that the league is so concerned about could be fixed by just eliminating the break, but the commercial breaks when they switch pitchers. You would Mm -hmm. save so much time per game, and you wouldn't need to do all of this other stuff that they keep doing that isn't going to it's just going to shave what what did we say on average like nine minutes off of a game which isn't going to make a difference to anybody who's going to watch or not watch a baseball game because of nine minutes well it'll be more because they won't have like that 17 minute uh thing that we talked about earlier but i agree with your point yeah i think i think we'll notice it in certain situations more than yeah we, we think we will but yeah so then that takes us to our next changes um that were for all-star weekend there's been a lot of talk about making it more exciting. Um, the home run derby's kind of been missing out a couple of years. Big names don't want to do it. So how are they going to fix that? We're going to offer you a million dollars to money, the winner. Money. A million dollars is a lot of money, no matter how much money you have. A million I mean, dollars is a big <clears throat> round number. I mean, it's yeah. smart. Like, look at Alex. Alex Bregman was literally in the home run derby last year. One million dollar prize for winning the home run derby is more than his current contract is for this year. Yeah. Like, it, it's insane. So yeah, it, it's absolutely the right thing. Like, look at the the dunk contest for the NBA. Like again, I'm branching out into another sport, but you used to get like big names like back in the day. And this year, not one of the uh, dunk contest contestants was like a starter on their team. Yeah, I hadn't even heard of them. I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they didn't want the home run derby to turn into a bunch of Danny Espinosa's, 
they wanted a, a home run derby to stay star studded and they're offering a big prize. So I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah, I love this one. I think yeah, that's a great yeah, idea. It's great. And then also what I also love, um nice little dose of also for you guys there, um, is the <laughs> all star election day. Um it's gonna be pretty cool. It's one day nationwide where everyone can vote. I and, voted. Yeah. Amongst <laughs> the top three vote getters, each position decide the starters. This is going to be done in stadiums, and it's going to be done online. It's some pretty cool to get people talking and have fans just have more. Yeah, the yeah. the long uh, everybody vote ten times a day for a month thing is not yeah. not yeah. exciting. And then you get spammed with emails, yeah, because mm-hmm. you use multiple email. Yeah, it's just I like this a lot, it, and it'll it'll generate a lot of buzz that the MLB hasn't been having around their stars. So yeah, I like it. I like it too. All right, look at that. There's so much, so much peace and understanding amongst us in this. I pod. mean, yeah, so. Michael A. Taylor gets injured, and everything's <laughs> right in the world. Yep, we can agree. Cats lying yeah. down with dogs. Yeah, world <laughs> peace. Yeah, it's it's great. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about our awards predictions. Yeah, so the way we can do this, or we're going to do this, is that we'll go through our Nats-only predictions for some of our awards, and then we'll just quickly run off what our AL and NL predictions are for the year um, for the awards. So we can start with the Nats Rookie of the Year. This is an easy one. It's Robles. It has to be Robles. Yeah, because we're not going to see Keyboom. Um, it's got, and I don't, that's next year. He's next year. Yeah. So year. yeah. Robles and Keyboom back to back. It's hundred percent Robles. Yeah. Ryan, do you have a, a Jake Nall prediction? Or anything? <laughs> no, I was, I was trying to think of some random, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one that's going to work there. Chuck Ra- Taylor. Ra- no, Ra- Roddy <laughs> Reed. No. Okay. All right. So now that we're all in agreement for the obvious answer, uh, we'll do Nat's comeback player of the year. This is another easy one. It's got to be Eaton. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree Eaton, but you could also argue Doolittle. Um, I could, guess so, but he wasn't like injured the whole season. He was know? injured for basically half the season. That was like two months. Well, since you two guys months. are going Eaton, I'll go Strauss. Um, he yeah, was that's hurt another one. a lot. Um, wasn't very good when he was healthy. So I'm expecting a healthy year and good year for him. He gets my comeback player of the year. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the key. If he has, if he has a great year. Yep. Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. There's. I, there's other couple different directions you could go. Um, but yeah, I think Eaton Strauss, but they're probably equal in far as far as comeback player of the year go. Um, so this one also might be an obvious one, but we'll see. Uh, Nats Cy Young. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Hellickson? I mean... <laughs> Anyone? A Patrick Corbin. Mix it up. Dude's going to be the GOAT. Yeah, yeah. he's not. Scherzer's going to be the GOAT, obviously. This one, there's just, I mean. Okay, well, you seem really confident in that. So if Corbin's better, I'm going to come for you. <laughs> all right, all right. I will be ready. What do you, what do, you do normally? If Corbin's better than Max this year, then we are having a really bad year. Oh, oh, say. oh. Bet, bet, bet. All right, who uh, do you want, what do you want to bet? Who has a lower uh, – who has more strikeouts this year, Scherzer or Corbin? Patrick Corbin. What? what? Mm, more what? than Scherzer? Scherzer threw 300 strikeouts last year. Max Scherzer's turning 35 this year. Oh, um, wow. Okay, wait. I, I, I'm taking it back. I, I don't I'm care what speechless. <laughs> I don't care what the bet is. I, I want to care, like, what the bet is for. So let's say <laughs> if um, if Ryan wins – 
Amanda has to put DC Natchak is my dad in her bio. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. How about I buy she doesn't a believe beer in it. at the She doesn't believe park. in it. <laughs> uh, beer? Um, you want to put that in my body and poison me? <laughs> His body is a temple. <laughs> right. Aren't, they, aren't all of our bodies temples? No, I'm telling you, it's got to be Scherzer. I just say if, if Scherzer's not the best pitcher on the staff this year, then that's aren't going to, then that's aren't going anywhere. No, I highly disagree. I think it's yeah, like, plausible that Corbin or Strasburg have better years than Max, but I don't think that means Max necessarily has a bad year. I just think that means Corbin or Strauss have a great year. Hey, never forget that the last time Max Scherzer won the Cy Young, he had the third best ERA on the Nats for starting pitchers. Yeah, Ooh. ERA is not everything. Hmm? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Coming in for big fudge? <laughs> All right, well, I just – I'm going to just throw a wrench in all this. I'm going to say that Nat Cy Young is Steven Strasburg. All right. <laughs> now we're back to normal. Yep, there it is. <laughs> okay, so hopefully this one has a little bit of argument in it. So what about the Nats' most valuable player? Oh, I got Trey. Oh, damn Ooh. it. Now I got to mix it up. <laughs> Go Howie Kendrick, Ryan. No one will think um, coming. It's Taylor, isn't it? Taylor's your guy. <laughs> I mean, he's already off to a great start. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll stick with Trey. I think Trey has a really big year. I think so, too. I think he's having that year everybody keeps waiting for him to have, and I think he's going to steal a ton of bases, and he's going to be on base a bunch, and I think he's going to have I, – I am going to even ruin a little bit, give you guys a sneak peek. I think he might be in the running for NL MVP. Ooh. Interesting. As Ooh. as big as of a Rendon stand that you are, I'm surprised you didn't go Rendon. Yeah, because Rendon, I feel like he's going to be solid as he always is, but I don't think he's MVP. Okay. All right. Well, damn it. I have Trey too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like you look at it like like you said, Rendon's solid, consistent, but he doesn't have the the mvp breakout year because he's just so consistent and that's great to have but trey's you look at trey he could easily steal like 50 bags he could probably hit 25 home runs and he can bat over 300 like there there is that potential there um and if you get eaten on base in front of him he could have some some more rbis than he's been uh, accustomed to in the past couple years because there's someone on, on base and if you bat robo's ninth that only adds to the case um, so they're I not going to bat Robles ninth. I know you want. I don't. Them to, but I don't they're not going to. No, do I don't. <laughs> I don't think they will either. But I'm just saying, if like if Max is pitching, you could bat Robles ninth, and I don't think yeah. that'd be too crazy. Um, Maybe so, not with Max pitching because or Matt, because he can hit. Well, a little. You, bit. you get the point. Yeah. But I, I just think there will be people in front of him now that will uh, add to his MVP type campaign. So. Agreed. I, yeah. And I hope that they put it make it Eaton Turner. I don't want to see Turner lead off. I really think he benefits immensely I, from I eating in front of him, and I, I think he'll have a much better year if he if he has if he's in the two hole. Agreed. Okay, so we got the our NAS picks. So let's transition into just our league picks and see if any of them translate. So let's start off with the AL and NL Rookie of the Year. All right, I got Guerrero Jr. in the American League if they let him play. Agreed. Yep. <laughs> And I think they will. I think there's a point where you can't keep a guy like that in the minors. It's just you just got to bring him up. Yeah. And then I have Robles as the NL Rookie of the Year. Interesting. I uh, got Kyle Tucker from the Astros, 
Dude's That's a good one. Very good. And uh-huh. then uh, Tatis Jr. in San Diego is going to be stupid at shortstop this year. He is going to be really good. Is Tatis going to start the year in the majors? Do we know? Yeah, he's, he's going to be the shortstop. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so AL, I also went Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think Kyle Tucker's a phenomenal pick, and he's probably more likely to make the opening day roster. I haven't heard any updates, but I know Vlad Jr. was hurt there for a while, so I don't know if they're going to leave him down and use the the injury as like a a cover an up. Yeah, to, an excuse to leave to, him down mm-hmm. when to it's play really games more... with his service time. Yeah, ex- that's exactly it. But I still think it's Vlad Guerrero because I think when he inevitably does come up, he's just going to go on a tear. Um, so I think the the hype will be around him more than Kyle Tucker, who's just like uh, a good rookie on a already stacked team. Um, and then, so NL, it I think it does come down to Tatis and now Robles, but just because I'm biased and I, I want Robles to do well, I'm going to go Robles. Um, I think... I think yeah. he's he's looking really good in spring training. Yeah, and if he, he can is. have the kind of season he's capable of having, I think he's got a really good shot at that. Yeah, and, and now that he's Michael A. Taylor graciously got injured so he could uh, <laughs> have a path to the majors. <laughs> so I, gracious. I, I think Robles will take advantage of the opportunity and he'll run away with the – not run away, but he'll take the rookie of the year. So, uh, yeah. All right. All right. So let's move on to the AL and NL comeback player of the year. Who wants to start? So I'm going Carlos Correa and then Marcel Ozuna. Oh, you picked the same ones I picked. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Amanda, come on. Damn it. (laughs) Um, I think both of them have pretty down years for their standards, and they're both going to return to their former all-star elite level selves this year, and the Cardinals going to have a stupid year, and Ozuna is going to be Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the Cardinals are going to be really good this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's also yeah. My I'm boring. Prediction. Those were my picks. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I was I have Carlos Correa. Um, I I don't. I think that's the obvious choice or a very solid choice. Um, Marcelo Zuno was obvious, like definitely in the conversation for me. But just to switch it up so we're not all boring and pick the same thing again, I'm gonna go Corey Seager with the Dodgers. Um, yeah. I think he had a really tough year with the. Yeah, Dodgers. he had a tough year, and he was just. He, before the injury, he was in that conversation for best shortstop in the league. Um, young guy, tons of potential, and I think he bounces right back because the Dodgers definitely need him. Um, so I, I think Corey Seager is going to get an L comeback play of the year, but Carlos Correa will get it in the nail. So shortstop heavy. All right. All right, so now we'll add the the new one we couldn't really do for the Nats, but uh, AL and NL Manager of the Year. <laughs> All right, I've got uh, counsel from the Brewers for the National Ooh, League. Okay. I think the Brewers are going to be really good. Yeah, I they, think uh, ninety five games last year. Yeah, I think they, you know, they've they've got a great team. I think uh, Council did a really good job with them last year, and I think he's going to do that again. So I, I'm going with him for the National League and for the American League. I'm going. Um, with the Red Sox, Alex Cora, I think I think the Red Sox are gonna are gonna win the AL again. Okay, well I'm gonna go next because I know Ryan's definitely gonna steal my NL one, so I'm gonna go with Mike Schilt of the Cardinals. And mm-hmm. as uh, Amanda, you previously alluded to, I think the Cardinals have a really good year. And not only that, bold prediction: you heard it here first, the Cardinals will have the most wins in the National League. Huh. 
That's, that's bold. That bold. I don't know. I I wouldn't have them as the most, but I mean the Cubs and Brewers each won ninety five games last year. The Dodgers have that capability, and who knows how the NL East is going to play out. So I think it's bold. Well, the Cubs only projected to win seventy nine this year, so and that also wouldn't <laughs> that's me. kind of I don't know. That seems way low to me, but it Same. wouldn't surprise me at all. But yeah, so, I think people easily forget they. Pre- what do you guys 95. think the Nats are going to win this year? Ninety one. Ooh. Sixty nine. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ninety. Wow, you guys are a little only because only because I think the NLEs beats up on each other, and I, yeah. I think. If they win the division with 91, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think the division winner has like 93. Yeah, so I was going to say, think I, think too the far Nats, back. I think the Nats are going to have 92, 93. And I think it's going to come down to the Nats and the Phillies for the division. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. What do we have left in this awards oh, well, predictions? Ryan, Ryan, you have to give yours. No, no, oh. it's okay. I, I don't matter. Um, <laughs> so Nick said my NL manager of the year, AL manager, I'm going to go Rick Renteria. They're going to surprise some people this year. You heard it here first. Yeah, with, sucks. All, with all the, the big freed and splashes they had this offseason, like John Jay. Hey, man, don't sleep and, on that young core they got. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the farm system or something. Yeah, because <laughs> prospects always pan out, as we know. Yeah. Um, They've okay. got a lot of international money, I think, so they're going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move on to the AL and NL Cy Young. All right. Well, I'm a Scherzer stand, so there you go. Scherzer for me for the NL. I think he, he almost had it this year. I think he's going to win it again yeah. um, this year. And I've got Chris Sale in the yeah. American League. Yeah, DeGrom just had a stupid good year. Yeah. That was just like one in a million. So I think if Max had been better in that last month, I think if he had, had continued to perform as well as he had, he, he could have won it. But yeah. I think he just fell off slightly there at the end. And... Yep. If Max had been better, he would have won. There you yes. go. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> John Heyman reporting. Back to you. <laughs> yeah, except this is true. So, yeah. Um, I'll go in Bauer and Syndergaard. Uh, Syndergaard has never had it all together. Um, the dude's stuff is stupid. Like, he has like a 94 mile per hour changeup. So, he's going to be healthy this year. He's going to fix his little command issues he has. And I'm expecting a big year. And then Trevor Bauer, despite being a douchebag, is a very good pitcher. Yeah, douchebaggery doesn't really affect skill as we see across <laughs> it, many it players. It affects everything. <laughs> so I am also going to go Chris Sale. And people easily forget Chris Sale's never won a Cy Young. Yeah, that seems insane. Which is it? just crazy to me. So I, I think now that they've won the World Series and they're less – concerned about his workload they'll just fully unleash him and he'll just dominate for 162 and his like 30 plus starts um so i think it's chris hales here and someone that will really really have to stand out like the grom level stand out um to take that away from him because so, i think it's chris hales year without question which leads me into my nl pick and i think it's jacob de grom again um i mm-hmm. think I don't know what hit it, what it is. Obviously, he's always been very good, but last year was just insane. Um, and I think now that he has what is on paper a better team around him, um, granted they they're already trending with their injuries again. But I I don't know if it's uh, their manager. His name's escaping me. He was the pitching coach with 
uh, Cleveland before he came over. Um, but I don't know if it's him who's kind of helped DeGrom's progression, but he figured something out. And so just because of how good his year was last year, I'm not going to bet against that. I think he continues that. And that's still with all credit to Max because Max is an elite pitcher. Um, but I think DeGrom is just unreal. So I'm going to go DeGrom. All right. All right, so that takes us to our final prediction, and that is AL and NL MVP. All right, I've got Trey Turner as my pick for NL MVP. Wow. I think Turner's going to have a really good year. I'm high on him this year. And uh, my AL MVP pick is Aaron Judge. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, bold. Judge is good. I'm, I can't. Yeah, I can't get over the Trey Turner one yet. So. <laughs> I'm still, still speechless. No, wow. I really think that if Turner can have the kind of year that people are predicting him to have, I mean, if he really lives up to all that potential, then I don't know who's gonna. I don't know who's gonna be better. I mean, if he can hit 25 home runs and steal 50 bags and drive yeah. in, you know, 95 or 100 runs. I mean, I, I don't know who's better. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, obviously, but you just look at what it was last year. Like until Yelich went on his like insane, excuse yeah, me, in- insane. Yelich was really good. Yeah, <laughs> until he went on his insane tear, like you weren't really sure who was the front runner. It could have been Yelich. It could have been Freddie Freeman. It could have been Javi Baez. Yeah, uh, it could have been a number of people. It could have been Trevor Story. Who like it could have been Nolan Arenado. It, there's so many viable options until Yelich ran away with it putting up Barry Bonds like numbers. Um you Yeah, but really Yelich sure. was my other pick I thought about for this, but then I thought Oh, you can't boring, backtrack all... now. I thought no, <laughs> I'm not backtracking. I'm I'm sticking with Trey. I really wanted to, you know, I figured it would be fun to have one outlandish prediction in the bunch. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. what we have Ryan for. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> uh so AL So AL, I am going Bregman. The dude's gotten better every single year. He's turning 25 and I expect him to tear it up this year in a little league ballpark he plays in 81 mm-hmm. times a year. And then for the NL, um, the move of the offseason that nobody's talking Damn about it. is Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> that dude is unreal, and now he is in St. Louis, and I think he is going to have a ridiculous year, and he's going to be the MVP. Yeah, St. Louis has been looking for their first baseman ever since Pujols left. They got him. I think he re-signs because I think the Cardinals are a good fan base, a loyal fan it's base. a good market. And the, yeah, they're a great baseball Yeah, player. and the, the Cardinals have a track record of making these trades where a guy has like one year left and then they end up re-signing. Uh, Matt Holiday comes to mind in that uh, when he was in his prime and ended up re-signing that seven-year deal in St. Louis. So I think Goldschmidt has an insane walk year. The Cardinals re-sign him, and the Cardinals, as I previously said, go pretty far this year. Um, so Goldie is my NL pick, and I am quite frankly surprised that no one won this for AL, but I think AL is Mike Trout. Too obvious. Uh, yeah, I mean, but he didn't win it last year, and he didn't win it the year before. Yeah, because they're tired of voting for him. Yeah, I guess so, but I, I mean, the dude is insane. He is. So. He is insane. I almost think, too, that he plays on a team that doesn't ever do anything, and it makes it hard to yeah. – and as unfair as it is, it's the same thing with, with you know, I think for Cy Young voting. When you have a crappy team around you, no matter how good you are personally, it's hard to win a Cy Young if your team's no good. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what's happening to – it's true. 
but I think that's what's happening to to Trout. Yeah, he extent. he wants out. He can't wait for 2020. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about him being in Philly. I, I don't have it in me right now. Take my ass to Philly. <laughs> you can go to the Bro Lawn. And be there. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move Harper on to special. everyone's favorite part of the uh, show, which is the Twitter questions from our listeners. Thanks again, guys, for sending them in. We had a bunch this week. Um, we're going to start with at Big One United said, is there any way our bullpen turns out well? If we sign Kimbrell. Yes, there is a way, and the way is named Craig Kimball. You know, we've been asking this question for seven years, and the answer's <laughs> always been the same, so no. Yep, there it is. No, no. There you go. There you go. Yeah, easy, <laughs> Not easy to put answer. too fine a point on it. Yeah, easy Twitter question. Give me something hard. <laughs> All right, at B. Limparis says, which Nationals player is the key to the team's success? For me, it is Trey Turner. Hmm. I mean, as we've hyped up Trey all, all episode, I think that's just as viable as option as any. Um, I think Steven Strasburg is a huge one. Yeah, that's I'm going. Um, but I, I'm going to go Adam Eaton because I think without Eaton, Trey takes a step back. Um, but I think with Eaton, Trey can really excel. So it's kind of like the the thing that will keep things moving. Um so I'm, I'm going to go Adam Eaton is the key to the team success because we've missed it. We missed it last year. We've really missed it his entire time with the Nats. Yeah. So he, that first mm-hmm. month he was with them, yeah. he was awesome. And then, yeah. hurt. And then yeah, last so. year really wasn't really wasn't that good. What about you, Ryan? Um, so I've I've talked about before, but I think if this team has any hopes of winning the division and actually moving on the playoffs, they need Strauss to be healthy. Um, I think him behind Max is a huge, huge key. It needs to take off some stress for the bullpen and the rotation as well. And if he's healthy, his stuff's ridiculous. And that'd be absolutely massive for this team because this team's going to have to use their pitching. He has yeah. that potential for sure. That's a good answer. I think just for the sake of being different, I will go with Dozier. Just My because boy. if Dozier has a year like last year, that's a huge hole, mm-hmm. both defensively and in the lineup. He has to have a bat- bounce back year and get back to being his normal self. I if agree. he doesn't, then the Nats have a big, big problem. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I mean, power bat potential. So if he if he gets back to that, yeah, we go from good lineup to dangerous lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so much Trey today. At Thursday says – how do we think my boy. season will turn out? So just putting hard numbers on it, I'm going to say he bats around 290. He has 23 home runs. He has 72 RBIs and 47 stolen bases. Wow, that's a lot of numbers. Yeah, a big numbers guy. <laughs> Well, I already said I think he's going to win the MVP. So. <laughs> you better throw out some bigger numbers. <laughs> I know. I'm going to need those numbers to be bigger, Nick. Um, I'm thinking he – I think around 290 is right. I think he's going to have a good year Good year at the plate. I think he's going to steal more bases than that. I'm thinking like 56, something like that, maybe even up towards 60. I think he's going to steal a ton of bases this year. Um, I think RBIs, I'm going to go somewhere in the 80s. And uh, I don't know. I think I think he's going to have a big year. I think if he has the year that I hope and think he'll have, then the Nats are going to have a great year too. Yeah, I think without being a power home run hitter, like that, you'll see the RBI totals down. Like if he's in that two hole, like Judge hits second, but he hit so many home runs that you don't really notice it in his RBIs. So I think yeah. the RBIs is down, but everything else I agree with as a, a potential. What do you think, Ryan? 
Um, so I'm going to say he's going to slash like 280 with a 345 on base and then a slugging right around 420, just looking at like his career averages of where he normally is. Um, and then 25, 20, sorry, yeah, 25 home runs, 79 RBIs, and then 45 stolen bases. You heard it here first. Book it. <laughs> I think those numbers are too low. I hope those numbers are too low. My numbers were like exactly the same, Ryan. You, yeah, I well, said it I first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our weekly what's worse question from Dom <laughs> from at Dom and Thunder. Um, what's worse, Andrew Stevenson as the fourth outfielder or Wilmer Defoe as the Wilmer Defoe next. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely my answer yeah. too. Yeah, Wilmer Defoe. Wilmer Defoe is the back of infielders worse than anything. Yep. He just doesn't but, have anything. But it, it's not worse than these two tweets of the week. <laughs> okay, now this is the best part of the show. The worst <laughs> tweets of the week. Drum roll. Okay, we have two winners this week. Our girl, our pal, our friend of the show at one lovely no, 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 no longer friend of the show. Uh-uh. <laughs> she said, this is her tweet, Captain America can die and I won't shed a single effing tear. <laughs> her tweet. Literally one of the worst tweets I've ever seen. And I, I, I did not expect it. I did not like it. I condemn it. And I'm going to call her out for it. This was a terrible tweet. And she is wrong in every single way. Huh. I'm not a Captain America fan, so. Oof. Well, as Nick's nickname is Cap, so he is currently yes, fuming at you saying that. I know. I, I'm not saying I hate. I'm not a hater like our our friend here, but I'm also not a. I'm not that big of a fan. So a bit of news for our listeners. We will be transitioning to a two-man show going <laughs> forward. Um, Amanda had some unforeseen. Yeah, I had to go spend more time with my family. Yeah, we, sent her, like... yeah, we sent her to the farm upstate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one, and this one to my me is much, favorite tweet. much oh worse than God. the Captain America tweet, is at Ridge HKR talking about Michael A. Taylor. Taylor is possibly the best center fielder in the National League. Oof. Oh so, my God. Michael A. Taylor, um, so he sucks. Um, he is Fact. a above-average defender, which Nat fans greatly over-exaggerate. But I can name 29 other center fielders I'd rather take than Michael A. Taylor. If you think he's the best center fielder in the league, my ats are open to serve my DMs. You could talk to me at DC Natchak, and I will cyberpole you. No, I would – take 30 put Robles above him too I mean <laughs> like geez. yeah I just have no words for this one I don't you know I know some people are bigger haters of Taylor than others but the idea that he could be any, even in the conversation of the best center fielder in the National League is bananas it's yeah. just like people don't believe that we get tweets like this but this is living proof like this is a type of tweet we get this is he has this one tool he's just a good defender he has no other tools and this guy wants to say he's the best. So, wait, are you saying, Ryan, that strikeouts aren't a tool? Is that what, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations to our two winners this week. We really appreciate you guys reaching out to us on Twitter. We love interacting with all the listeners. So I didn't, please keep I didn't them shed up. a single effing tear putting these tweets in our show doc. So. All right. Yes. Yes. So on that note... Thank you guys so much for listening. That is going to do it for this episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, leave us a review. That would be great. Again, this is Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak. And the show's um, handle is at Half Street High Heat. 
Don't forget to check out the DMV sports network.com and follow them on Twitter at, at DMV underscore SN. If you're interested in joining the DMV sports network team, they're always looking for new writers. Um, you can contact them via direct message on Twitter. You can reach out to them on the website or just email them directly at DMV sports network at outlook.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye guys. See you guys later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.